A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to his disciples. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the brother or sister listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the brother or sister refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord In today's Gospel, the authority that Jesus gave Peter to bind and to loose, is extended to the whole church. It occurs to me today that perhaps this power is given to the church for the simple reason that the brother or sister who sins against you may be a church leader. Melissa Flora Bixler, a Mennonite pastor, discusses this issue in a recent article In the Christian Century magazine, she writes, There is something we often do not calculate into these equations of forgiveness and grace. Power. For me, the shock of abuse by church leaders is how long perpetrators are able to act out their crimes without getting caught or being held accountable, often for decades. Power is what makes this possible. Leaders like these men calculate their wealth, institutional standing, and social influence, and conclude that we cannot get by without them. They are essential. Their gifts and leadership will shield them from the fallout from their bad behavior. It is incumbent upon the church, then, to prove them wrong. We are making clear that no individual, no matter how charismatic or how great their following, is more important than a survivor of that person's abuse. Lutheran pastor Nadia Bowles-Weber describes what this process looks like. She writes, I really believe that when someone else does us harm, we're connected to that mistreatment like a chain. Because forgiveness is nothing less than an act of fidelity to an evil combating campaign. So it's not an act of niceness. It's not being a doormat. It really, to me, is much bolder than that. Maybe retaliation or holding on to anger about the harm done to me doesn't actually combat evil. Maybe it feeds it. Because in the end, if we're not careful, we can actually absorb the worst of our enemy and on some level even start to become them. So what if forgiveness, 
rather than being like a pansy way of saying it's okay, is actually a way of wielding bolt cutters and snapping the chain that links us. Like it is saying, what you did was so not okay that I refuse to be connected to it anymore. Forgiveness is about being a freedom fighter, and free people are dangerous people. Free people aren't controlled by the past. Free people are not chained to resentment. Father Robert Schreider, who has written extensively on forgiveness, believes that it is the victim, not the perpetrator, who begins the reconciliation process. Forgiveness deals with memory, with our identity, and our ability to move to a different place in our lives. All of these are endangered by the violence we have experienced. In that violence, we are treated as less than human beings. To be able to forgive is to regain the humanity that has been wrested away from us. Forgiveness is the act of a restored human person. When we forgive, we do not forget. Rather, we remember in a different way. Forgiveness is about gaining a new relationship to the deeds of the past and the people who perpetrated them. Forgiveness comes from God. God can bring about healing in the heart of the victim that can allow the victim to come to a new place. And in some instances, it is the healed victim who can create the social space for wrongdoers to come to repentance. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' first words on the cross are, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. These words are ordinarily interpreted as Jesus forgiving his executioners. But if we look more closely, we notice that Jesus is asking God to forgive them. Jesus is still in the midst of his suffering. To forgive the executioners for a deed that is not yet completed is not to take Jesus' suffering seriously. Jesus decides that he wants to forgive, but cannot yet forgive something that has not yet been completely done. Forgiveness is a process of healing. It's not just the final act itself. In his first public audience in six months, Pope Francis told his global audience this week that the COVID-19 pandemic, quote, has highlighted our interdependence. We are all linked to each other for better or for worse. Solidarity today is the road to take toward the post-pandemic world, the Pope said, toward the healing of our interpersonal and social sicknesses. A solidarity guided by faith enables us to translate the love of God in our globalized culture, not by building towers or walls that divide, but by interweaving communities and sustaining processes of growth that are truly human and solid. Francis concluded, We do not come out from a crisis the same as before. We either come out better or worse. We must choose. Solidarity is the way to come out better, 
not with superficial changes or a coat of paint. No, better. To come out of this crisis better than before, he said, we have to do so together, all of us, in solidarity. Jack Shea writes that heaven's agenda is for two disciples on earth, previously alienated, to come together in agreement. That is how heaven comes to earth. Prayer opens the heart to the Father, and the will of the Father is that the children live in peace. When the children will that too, there is a readiness to receive the Father's love. This love is present when two or three are gathered not only around their own injuries, but also in the name of Jesus. Jesus is there among them, doing what he always does, breaking down the barriers between people and encouraging the restoration of relationships. Jesus is manifesting the love of God that Paul Tillich once described as the power that drives everything there is toward everything else that is.